When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today, we've got a lot of awesome stories, and our first story of the day is tell others I hit my dog, see what's coming for you. Hi, I got a story here. Me and my husband, 28-year-old female, 29-year-old male, are in a chicken breeding club, which provides an allotment garden-like structure. We joined a year ago and got to know Klaus, an old man who actually lives in one of those said gardens. At first he was very kind, helped out one or two times, but after a while he got very greedy, telling us to help him in his garden, selling stuff for him on eBay, or caring for his chickens. Some people said we should keep our distance from him, but we didn't listen. He regularly invited us to drink a beer with him, acted like he knew all of the town, is well known and has many connections, but the real thing was, yes he was known, but for all the bad reasons. We talked to him a lot in the first few months, noticed he's highly addicted to alcohol, and tries to make a dime out of everyone and everything. You know the saying, blood is thicker than water? Not for him. At first he helped us out, for example with giving us some tools for free, or giving us money for working over at his place. Also we kind of felt bad for him, living your last days in a garden shed? But after a while he gave us near to nothing for our work. No money, broken tools, so garbage we had to dispose of, not even a thank you. He also started to talk to us in a very demanding tone, old male Karen-like. Instead of messing with him, we started to simply distance us from him, not doing any more work. His last effort to win us back was to buy 20 weed plants, and putting them in his garden and showing us, he knew we smoked, but as soon as he demanded we sell his future 5 kilos, we backed off again. As others noticed, we didn't hang out with him anymore. They started to tell us how Klaus truly is. He started to live there as soon as another club member, since dead, lost his home and lived on his farm over there. As for the rules of the club, it's not allowed. If he's allowed to, Klaus had to be too. Klaus lived there for 14 years. Not because he got homeless or another stroke of bad luck in life, because he wanted to live as inexpensive as possible. We learned he had loads of debt, no wonder considering how much he drank. We found out that was the case since he was old enough to drink. He tried to rip everyone off of their money since ever. His brother, his best friend, even his wife. Some say if she was still alive, he would sell his own mother. As the weeks went by, we learned more and more about him. That he had done this with nearly everyone who joined the club, not only with us. We saw it too as a new member, who's also mentally disabled, cut his hedge for him for 16 hours and got 20 bucks and no thank you. Klaus started to dislike the way we stayed out of his way, so his response to that was to talk crap about us. Even threatened us to tell others that we smoke, illegal over here, I mean real full-fledged lies. For example, we would owe him 200 bucks, we would do parties till late at night at the farm, we would hit our dogs. At that last point, we snapped. We bought a drone, 
took pictures of his weed plants and got the police involved. Get them before they get you. Klaus peacefully sat in the club's community house, drinking beer, 9 o'clock in the morning, as 10 police officers walked in, going directly into his garden. Little Klaus turned his head around like an owl and immediately stood up and walked outside. He asked one cop, Hi, can I help you? And they asked for his name. They say, Oh, Mr. Klaus, we were actually looking for you. Behind, the officer was talking to him. The other cops raided his farm not only finding the plants, but discovering themselves that he lived there. Living room with obviously used bed, food, leftovers, a TV. They asked him where his address was. He told them the address of his long-deceased brother. They sent a car to his address, but found no clue he could be living there. By the way, he also got money from the state. Social benefits also meant to cover his rent. The rent on the farm is 30 bucks a year, so huge no-no. Money fraud is one of the worst things you can do over here. The cops stayed at his farm for the next four hours collecting evidence. The whole farm surroundings were patrolled by some cops, so word spread like a wildfire. Every single farm owner got over there to see what was happening, cheering that this jerk finally got what was coming for him. After ripping off so many people, it was amazing. This dude had 14 years to make this farm his little hidey hole, making money out of it. He had split the whole community, gave us a bad name overall, and wasn't even breeding chickens. He just had them to sell the eggs. To his luck, he was clever enough to tell the cops it's only CBD, still illegal but not as much. So they had to send it in to test it, buying him some time. The club held a meeting. That was a crap show. As soon as the topic started, he said we planted them there. He only gave us the little plot. Most laughed, some said nothing. We voted for his eviction. Had to, as of the rules. He got 15 against them, just 3 voted for him to stay. So our revenge is not over just yet, I'll keep you updated. Would you guys agree with me when I say that whether it's the chicken breeding club voting to kick them out or the police finding that that's not CBD, that this dude's days are numbered? At some point, I assume very soon, they're gonna just crash into a wall and struggle real hard? Or do you think an elderly person like this who's skated by for so long could find a way to weasel on even longer? Let me know what you guys think down in the comments. Our next story is site manager neglected to take care of my property, so I cost the property management company over 500000 Some background. I, 35-year-old male, own a 72-unit apartment complex. When I bought it, it wasn't in good shape and I spent several million getting all the apartments renovated. The rent wasn't increased for any of the tenants and I made sure that it never went up by more than $50 a year for lease renewals. Baked into the leases. Shortly after all the renovations were completed, I started the search for a property management company and ultimately settled on one that seemed well aligned with wanting to put the tenants first. As we were doing the contracts, I had my real estate friend also look at them. Between him and my lawyer, they recommended having a clause added in there. The short of it is, if there's any legal actions brought up against me for the apartment complex due to the neglect of the property management staff, the property management will be responsible for all those costs and any legal fees incurred. This wasn't added in secret, and the legal team from the property management company agreed and everything was finalized. They took over the management of the complex a month later. I was fairly hands-off and only visited the site every three to four months. Other than that, I'd have the monthly updates sent to me by the manager on site. 
A few months ago, I found out that a couple of the apartments had been left in severe shambles after the tenants moved out, and the cleaning crew we had took care of it. I didn't find out until after the fact that it was not completely accurate, because one of the apartments apparently had a bad roach infestation in the storage closet outside the apartment. After the new tenants moved into that apartment, they brought up the issue to the site manager. In the monthly reporting, the site manager claimed that maintenance staff tried to address it with traps and bug bombs. I didn't think too much of it and left it at that. Next month, the same thing, and the third month after receiving the monthly report, I called the site manager stating there is a reoccurring issue and I want it taken care of professionally at that point. That month's rent was waived for the tenants in that apartment and they were put up at a hotel for a week while the issue was to be addressed. Once they returned to their apartment is when the issue started. The site manager, either by mistake or by negligence, didn't communicate with the exterminators the extent or the location of the infestation. Instead of the storage closet, the apartment was fumigated, and after that, the roaches made their way into other apartments in the same building and the nearest building, and the problem got so much worse. The same option was given to all the tenants in that building waiving the month's rent and putting them up in a hotel for a week while the issue was addressed. They all took that offer up. However, one of the tenants decided to take legal action. While I wasn't happy about it, I understood where they were coming from, having their lives disrupted by something that should have been addressed properly to start. As we were amidst negotiating with them, during mediations, my lawyer reminded me of the clause with the property management company and suggested we give them what they want. That is where I started my nuclear revenge. I had the rest of the tenants from the two impacted buildings be suggested to anonymously that one of the tenants had filed a lawsuit for the damage, and they should do the same by getting in on it. Through the mediation, I pretended to be outraged at the whole matter. The negotiation started at three months of free rent, but ultimately we all settled on one year of free rent for all those tenants. Overall, that came out to 16 apartments with rent averaging from $1,700 monthly that the property management had to pay for due to the negligence of the site manager, equaling to roughly $325,000 in just the lost rent they had to pay for. And the cherry on top, due to the breach in service for property maintenance, they also have to provide free services for up to six months while I seek out a new property management company, costing them an additional $146,000 and still paying for the legal fees on top of that. All I know is, is if OP can make sure they never let that lawyer go, never let that lawyer go because they covered OP's butt on this. And frankly, that property management company deserves eating all of these costs because screw any property management company that doesn't actually take care of any of these issues. And by the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is try to sexually harass my grandma? You might take back a nub. Setting early 60s, medium-sized Midwestern city, local neighborhood bar. The title of the story comes from my grandma's old saying. See, my grandma always carries a switchblade in her purse for protection, and she said if anyone ever tried to attack her, they might get her, but she's gonna take a piece of them. Hence her term, I'll take back a nub. 
Some context about my grandma before we get into story time. My grandma was born in the Deep South back in the 30s. She was one of four sisters who I'll refer to for the rest of the story as the Four Sisters. My family decided to migrate up to a northern Midwest city in the 50s. Just for clarification, my family's African American, so if you know anything about United States history, you would understand why they want to escape the Deep South during this time period. My grandma was 20-something when she moved north with her husband, my grandfather. The rest of her family, her sister's mother and uncle, also moved up north. Because of housing discrimination, my grandparents were forced to live in the black neighborhood. The rest of the family also lived in this neighborhood and were basically within walking distance of each other. The thing to know about the four sisters is they were all spitfires. They are some of the most caring women you can know and were all excellent mothers and grandmothers. But they were not to be trifled or messed with. If you crossed one of them, that might be your butt. This was especially true of my grandmother, who was all of five foot one and fairly petite. The four sisters were quite the characters. And it didn't take the neighborhood long to know of these four sisters because of their crazy antics. They also loved hanging out together on the weekends, either at one of their houses or sometimes at the local watering hole. On this particular night, my grandma wanted to go out for a few hours with her sisters. Only one could go, Aunt C. My uncle, my grandma's oldest son, was in charge of watching his siblings for a few hours on this lovely Saturday night. As my grandma dressed to the nines and headed down about half a mile to the local bar to meet up with her sister. This was a pretty small bar that got a lot of regulars. My grandma had been there dozens of times and had... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com plenty of stories to tell about her time there with her sisters and also my grandfather My grandma and Aunt C are lounging in the bar, having a couple of drinks and cracking some jokes with some of the regulars, when a new character is introduced to the scene. This guy's name is Leroy. He was a regular as well. To picture this guy you want to think about as skinny as Jimmy Walker, and about the height of Kevin Hart. Combine them and make him about the age of 40 and you'll have Leroy. Almost everyone will know Kevin Hart, but if you're not sure who Jimmy Walker is, look up the sitcom Good Times and you'll figure out who he is. Leroy was a regular at the bar too, but then again, Leroy was a regular at almost every bar in town. You see kids, before the internet, online dating apps and hookup sites, the way most people met was at bars. Our good friend Leroy was notorious for wanting to have one night rendezvous with the ladies at the bar. Well, everyone knew his game, and after he's had a few one-night stands with some of the ladies in the neighborhood, most now avoided him like the plague. This of course didn't stop him from going to bars on a weekend, trying his best to shoot his shot and hoping a lovely filly may come home with him for the night. 
Leroy had flirted with my grandma and aunt on previous occasions, and even though he was told that they're both happily married, he kept trying to have conversations with them. As soon as he entered, he once again strolled over there trying to see if he could get some action with either of them. My grandma quickly told him not to waste his breath, but he sat down anyway. What surprised my grandma was that behind Leroy was another dude. He was well over six feet tall and handsome. My grandma honestly couldn't recall this guy's name, so we'll call him Jerk. My grandma knew right away that this Billy D. Williams wannabe was going to try to sweet talk and charm his way into some lady's pants that night. It seems that he had his sights set on his first target, which would be of course my grandmother and my aunt C. It seems like our good friend Leroy was going to try to be Jerk's wingman. He started off with some small talk to my grandma, couldn't tell her how gorgeous she was and something about, you know, getting lost with heater eyes and all the other nonsense. My grandma said that he had diarrhea of the mouth and pretty much let what he said go on one ear and find the nearest exit. My grandma quickly shut this clown down and let them know she wasn't interested. So then he set his sights on my aunt. Now you know my aunt can take care of herself, but my grandma was always a little protective of her. Jerk made a comment about how nice my aunt's thighs were as he looked lustfully at her. My grandma quickly told this fool that my aunt was married and not interested in his nonsense. This is where the story changes and revenge comes into place. I'm gonna try to write this dialogue as best as she recalls it. Grandma said, she's not interested and she's happily married. Jerk says, she can speak for herself, then says, your legs must be tired because you've been running through my mind all night. Yes, this fool used a pickup line. Grandma said, are you hard of hearing or something, or a little slow? I told you she's married and not interested. Jerk said, bench, you talk too much. Maybe I'll put what's in my pants down your throat. He actually said his you know what, but I'm not sure if I can use that word. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where crap got real. Yes, everybody else in the bar knew you wouldn't and shouldn't talk to my grandma that way. She didn't play for that nonsense. This is one of those times when you can actually hear a pin drop as everyone got quiet. My grandma exploded with an expected, What the freak did you just say? My grandma was seething with anger, but Jerkface played it off as it wasn't a good idea. My Aunt C knew it was about to go down. She grabbed my grandma and started leading them to the door. You see, her sister knew what many other people knew, and that is my grandma kept a 38 snub-nosed revolver in her purse, and typically kept a very sharp switchblade wrapped up in her bra. My aunt tried to lead my grandma out of the bar to avoid any more confrontation, but my grandma wasn't having it. As she was being pushed out the door by my aunt and another male customer, My grandma seized a nearby beer glass and flung it towards the jerk. Fortunately, the glass didn't hit him and erupted close to his feet, but it certainly got his attention. This well over six foot, well over 200 pound man jumped out of his chair, storms towards my grandma, saying that he'll kick her butt. My grandma replies, bring it on, bring it on. She eventually gets fully outside and he decides to come outside. He's a little apprehensive because a couple of the neighborhood bar dudes have gotten up to see this and he's afraid they might get involved, you know, since it's unacceptable for a man to hit a woman and all that jazz. The guys say they're not going to do anything and just want to watch. My grandma quickly pulled out the switchblade that she had in her bra, unwrapped it from the paper, and looked him in the eyes and said, Come on, mother. 
You would think at this point any civilized person might be apologizing further for the crude language he used earlier. Or you would think that the guy, seeing that my grandma had heels on, might just walk away knowing she's probably not going to chase after them. Do you think this clown chose either option? If you said he chose neither option, you would be correct. Let's give you a prize, son. With a woman with a switchblade bearing down on him, he decides to stand his ground and doubles down by again calling my grandmother a bench and telling her he's going to beat her butt. He next starts putting up his fists ready to go to town. No worries. No one says my grandma has to fight fair to fight fair. You see, what this clown forgot about was my aunt. While Jerk had his fists up ready to start striking like he's Mike Tyson, my aunt conveniently took off one of her high heel shoes. She uses the heel to bash him right in the shoulder blades. Of course, this staggers our young Jerk. As he turns looking at my aunt screaming obscenities, it gives my grandma time to come and slice this fool right in the side. As our young Jerk howls in pain, my grandma says to him, maybe I should slice something else off. The jerk staggered sideways, looking at at least two infuriated women, one with her high heels still in her hand, the other with a switchblade with the side of his blood on it. Don't worry, he wasn't hurt too badly, as she sliced him but didn't stab him. By this time, a few other people are stepping in and trying to calm the situation down, and the jerk left the scene. The aftermath... My grandmother heard from others that the jerk went to the hospital and got treatment for getting sliced on the side. This was the 60s, so no cops were called, and if they had been called, they probably would have been really slow getting to the scene. No idea what he told the hospital staff and doctors, but regardless, he got patched up and was no worse for wear. Rumor has it that he ended up moving to Chicago a few months later. He never tried to get revenge on my grandma for this, so there's that. My grandma says she wasn't going to tell my grandfather about what happened. He was an over-the-road trucker and was out of town when this event happened. But you know how things quickly go through the grapevine. He of course scolded her for this, but she just gave him a wicked smile and said the jerk deserved it and that he came at her so it was self-defense anyway. Not sure that's entirely exactly true, but that's what she's sticking with. My grandma continued going to that bar every once in a while and was a bit of a legend. Our friend Leroy ended up being the epitome of a deadbeat dad. Rumor has it that he has something like 10 kids with 8 or 9 different women. My grandma still has the switchblade and yeah, she showed it to me. It's somewhere in her massive collection of items now, otherwise I'd attach a picture of it. I also learned that my grandma is a woman of her word because she actually took back a nub in the form of an ounce of flesh from this jerk. Hopefully you enjoyed the story about my grandma. She told me the story a few times and was a little fuzzy on a couple details as she's in her 90s now, but I'll do my best to answer any questions. I feel like that 6 foot guy had to be on some kind of substance and I would almost feel like even alcohol wasn't enough. Because let me tell you, it doesn't matter who it is, if somebody pulls out a blade, that just means it is time to quit and time to run, I don't care how big your ego or pride is. It ain't worth getting sliced or worse. And our final story of the day is your dogs kill my bro's sister. Let us do the same but better. During my time in the US military, most of our friends and family lived in the same neighborhood. Sadly, this neighborhood was known for its gang violence and still is among our town. My best friend at the time had two younger sisters, age 12 and 5. Now, my bro, best friend, was known for selling drugs to anyone who wanted. 
So he had some enemies from selling to different gang members. He lived by himself, but saw his sisters every other weekend as he was in a community college a few hours away. Well, about six years ago, his sisters were over at his house his parents got him, and one of his enemies, presumably mad because bro sold to a dude in another gang, let his dogs loose in his backyard. The dogs killed his five-year-old sister and critically injured the 12-year-old. Bro saw the dogs attacking the girls and dispatched the dogs with his pistol. Luckily, the 12-year-old survived but has scars all over her body. The next day, when I called my mother, as I did on the weekly, she told me what happened. The enemy was never convicted because the police couldn't find no connections that the dogs were his. Corruption probably took place. Luckily, my deployment ended in two months, so I came up with a plan to get this dude back. The preparation? When I finally came back to the US from deployment, I spent a week with my parents, while telling bro to collect info on where he could get fighting dogs. After the week, I went to his place to stay a while. After the greetings, bro told me where we could find fighting dogs. It was this old abandoned factory 20 minutes out of town. We go there to see the enemy getting dogs himself. A fight broke out in a split between bro and enemy. Graciously, enemy got his butt whooped. Enemy ran out, bro left, and I bought two dogs. Bulldogs, but boy, these were mean. Broke out twice and nearly killed the neighbor's cat. The ultimate revenge. Two weeks after we got the dogs, we were ready with the revenge. Bro learned that in three days, Enemy and two of his friends, who in court claimed he had never owned the dogs, lies. His friends were also known to have done some pretty bad things, such as R-word assault and manslaughter. Bro snuck into the backyard when sunset as I headed to the front door and knocked. When Enemy's friend answered, I pushed him into the living room and yelled, Hands where I can see them! As a veteran, I've been in the position similar to this and I knew to stay calm. As they were laying on the ground with no weapons with them, Bro opened the back door and sent the dogs in. The dogs started biting the enemy and one of his friends in the neck, crushing their windpipe, therefore letting the dogs kill them. The other friend tried to move, but I shot his leg which alarmed the dogs to attack them. The dude died in two minutes. They were all dead. The aftermath, we managed to get the dogs into the cages and gave them to the local shelter. The police found the bodies the next day, and after him getting arrested, he was later released as there was no proof of our involvement in the murders, except the point that Bro was involved with Enemy's last crime, but was never followed. Well, the name of the subreddit is Nuclear Revenge, and not morally correct Nuclear Revenge, or necessarily satisfying Nuclear Revenge. I mean, that's definitely Nuclear Revenge. From start to finish, there were no uh, happy points or satisfying points, but sure was a revenge story. I will say though, I think the last point where the only connection they had to these people being dispatched was that OP's bro was involved in the last crime might have actually worked in their favor because if they looked at the details of the last crime that happened to bro and their family, it might be kind of like one of those situations where a parent gets revenge against somebody who did something to their kids and they don't actually get like a charge for it. It's one of those things where it's like, it's not pretty, doesn't make you happy, but darn it, you feel like it's maybe warranted. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, click on that left video. 
Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.